Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And today to start off our topics, unfortunately, today was the last Pro Invitational I raced. But next week on Saturday, we are going to have a special race that is going to be on May 17th. We'll talk a little more about that later. So today was the last I race for a Sunday. And then next week, because traditionally we all know that NASCAR doesn't race on Mother's Day which by the way, next week is Mother's Day. So they're not going to race, but on a Saturday night, they're going to do a special race. And then the great news, and we'll talk more about this later, is that NASCAR will be making its comeback to real racing in the next two weeks. But let's talk about today's race because that was one exciting race. So where'd they race this week? We went to Dover, Delaware, the Monster Mile. So it's a one-mile track concrete which means it's harder racing very fast high banking so even though it's a mile around which is a smaller track it's still a lot of cars together and there's there could be a lot of wrecks and yeah. so yeah who won and who dominated and how did the race turn out so the winner was William Byron in the 24 car and he just had a phenomenal day and in fact we had an inversion of a previous finish where instead of Timmy Hill bumping William Byron for the win, it was William Byron bumping Timmy Hill out of the way for the win. Well, we actually didn't bump him when I think like in the turns, um, Timmy Hill went up and then Byron tried staying low to get on his, um, to get on his side to take the lead. But can I say something? I think if Castle didn't get turned around, I think he um, would have had a shot of winning. And who turned Castle around? Byron, but um, he didn't do it on purpose. He did it on accident. I think How? um, How he so? went low, and then um, Castle tried blocking, but um, he was too far out. Like Mom says, like in 2009, when um, Carl Edwards went flipping in Talladega, it was like he tried blocking Brad, but he was there, and he got clipped. That was like... The same reason with Byron and Castle today. So Byron didn't really wreck him. He basically held his line. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And there were a lot of those um, kinds of wrecks today. Like Daniel Suarez was one of them. There's so many cars that it was more accidental that there were wrecks. I don't know about Suarez because I, I like Suarez and I want him to do well. But I will just say watching him the last six weeks, he's in almost every... He's wrecking in every race. So I don't, I don't know how... How serious he's taking. I know he's probably taking a little serious, but he is literally involved in every race. He's running in the back, and I know he's a much more talented driver than that. He has no friends at this point. Not in the e-racing or i-racing. Uh, we'll see what happens when he go, they go back to regular racing. So, for my opinion in the race, I think that the dominant drivers today were um, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, uh, Timmy Hill, sorry, and William Byron. I think those four drivers were actually surprisingly well. I think had um, Chastain and Bell not been taken out, I think they, they Bell might have been able to give, um, Bell might have been able to 
possibly win. After all, we saw him trying to close in. I think he just made the right move at the wrong time around the last two laps because it was it was bad timing to move around Timmy Hill so late. And so you're thinking if he moved up a little bit sooner, he might have had a shot to reel in Byron. Yeah, I think so. I think today we actually had more of the veteran drivers up there. Like Jimmy Johnson was in third at one point. Joey Logano was running, I think, fourth at one point. Denny Hamlin got back up there a few times. So um, Dale Jr. Dale, Ju- oh, Dale Jr. Yeah, ran up there until he wrecked and then I think blew an engine or something. He was smoking. So there were there were more of the quote unquote veteran drivers that were running up in today's race. Well, I think if um that wreck that Dale got in. Um, I think he would have had a good chance at winning because I kind of think the tracks that are like no trialovals, I think he has the best chance of winning. So you're saying when it's not a trioval, Junior does really well in the e race, i racing. Yeah, he did good at Miami. He got second this week. The reason he isn't that a trioval? Homestead isn't a trioval. It is not a trioval. No, and a trioval is just tri- the trioval is a piece of the track. That's basically the front of it where. It's kind of at a short. It's at a short curve. It's not that tight, but yeah, Homestead is not does not have a trial because it just has two long strips and of course four turns. And that was a bit weird how we saw John Hunter Nemechek's car go invisible, and then go. Yeah, what was the deal with that? It was like a ghost car. Maybe, I honestly have no idea. Um, did he? Did that happen? What happened to Denny Hamlin? Well, they were saying, so I thought maybe that had something to do with it. You know, Gio would call it a glitch in the game, maybe something glitched. But then we had uh, Regan Smith, who was driving but commentating, saying that he saw a couple laps before that Denny and who was it? It just, who'd you say, whose car disappeared? John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek and Denny Hamlin had kind of gotten into it. And it was John Hunter Nemechek was probably retaliating a little bit. So. I don't know. Maybe maybe there was a glitch or maybe the glitch was John Hunter Nemechek and he took out Denny Hamlin. Honestly, the the driver that surprised me the most, but I guess you shouldn't be surprised because he is a champion, was Joey Logano. Joey was up there and, I mean, actually did really well this today. He did get into it a little bit. Jo- I mean, what happened to Joey in the race today? Uh, He got taken out. But he, he was running well. Yeah. So what was, I mean, who took him out and what happened? It was uh, Denny Hamlin. When they were coming off four, he ended up getting into him, spinning him around. He came down. Uh, Joey came down low and just hit the wall. It was really bad. My guy, Kyle Busch. I have to admit, I think he's some kind of magnet because he keeps getting in all these wrecks. He's doing good. He's driving his own. And then, bam, wreck, wreck, wreck. This week, he had, there was like, oh, my word. And I'm like, no, Kyle. Yeah, I, I felt like that, too. It, it, it felt like every time we saw a wreck today, poor Kyle was just doing his thing and got sideswiped. Or even when Logano got taken out, I think Logano spinning ended up hitting Kyle. It was just it was a big mess. Well, when Joey got sent into the wall, I think he got a little loose. I wouldn't blame Hamlin all of it, but I think he got loose, went into Hamlin, and then he went into the wall. I wouldn't blame Hamlin all of him. So you don't think it was all Denny Hamlin stuff? Okay. One of my favorite things of watching this race was watching Denny Hamlin because we all know what happened last week. His um rig got turned off by his daughter. That was hilarious. So why don't you actually tell uh, Giovanni, why don't you tell our audience what happened for those of them that 
didn't follow it in, in, in social media or watch the race last week? What happened? Well, if you didn't actually see the video about it, Denny Hamlin was just racing and apparently his daughter came in to ask if she could go drive go-karts. She was like, not now. And she ended up having the remote and turned it off. She accidentally pressed the button and Denny Hamlin's response to this was, hey, my screen went black. And it was literally in the middle of the race. In the middle of the race, too. And and he did, he literally he had no idea what was going on, right? Yeah, no, no idea. And uh, he got he uh, got sat out of the race for that. The iRacing people, they they took him out of they the race. They took him out. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, yeah. So, this week, to not have that problem again, apparently I heard that he took all the remotes and hid them. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea when we're watching a sporting event. We'll hide all the remotes. How many times have we been watching something and I get nervous because somebody sits on a remote and it, it's about to turn off the TV and we all start screaming? To me, the biggest disappointment with this race was that there was no Clint Boyer. You know what? I did miss Clint Boyer. And that's the thing about this, this iRacing and everything that we've been watching the last few weeks. I've re- I mean, I always liked Clint Boyer. We always knew he was a personality, but obviously we got to see a lot more of him. And I really missed him. I mean, Regan Smith did a fine job and he was racing and all that. He showed again how why it's so hard to do the commentating and racing at the same time. I will say, I think we all missed Clint Boyer today and, and can't wait to see him again. And hopefully he'll be there for next week's race. And obviously he'll be back when everybody returns to the track. We just won't be able to get him during the race as much. Some final thoughts I want to put out is that there were a couple of pretty cool guest stars that showed up. Like we had world famous actor David Hasselhoff. Michael Knight, Mr. Knight Rider himself. Yes, a favorite of mine. I loved Knight Rider growing up when I was a year guys' age. That was like my favorite show. I wanted to be Michael Knight. So that was actually pretty cool. And he, what did he do for us today? He sang the national anthem. That was pretty cool. He did, he did that. And then who else uh, graced us with their presence during the beginning of the race? We had Blake Shelton, who did the, um, he was the grand marshal. And who's Blake Shelton, Karen? Gwen Stefani. Husband. Husband or boyfriend. I thought they're married already? I thought they're married. But that's actually funny. And that's why I asked you because I know he's a famous country music star. He's like super famous and he's on the show, uh, The Voice and all of that. But Karen and I will always know him as Gwen Stefani's significant other because we're big, no doubt, fans and Gwen Stefani fans here. Well, you guys are forgetting the legend Mario Andretti. Oh, yeah, that's right. What was he doing on the show? So they were talking about um about that show the, that the incident that happened with Denny Hamlin and Mario Andretti and the, uh, Mario Andretti wanted to talk about it and he said that if he ever had to be in an i racing situation he would probably want Denny Hamlin's daughter just as an excuse to get out of the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That was pretty funny. I remember that they were doing an interview with him at the beginning. Yeah, so they they actually had some pretty cool uh, stars and celebrities participate uh, today. And again, it was very exciting. It was a little bit surprising the way they announced that this was the last Sunday race for iRacing. We all kind of we we kind of knew there was going to be an announcement, but it can't it came in the middle of the race while the action was going on, and so uh, it lo- caught us a little off guard. Obviously, we watched the end, and they gave the full details by then. So we're going to talk about next week. Yep. So it is going to be considered an iRacing special. It will be on FS1 around 3 p.m. on Saturday. And the track they are doing is an old fan favorite NASCAR track called North Wilkesboro. 
It is located near in North Carolina. And the thing about it is that it has been around since NASCAR was first created. It was actually around before NASCAR was created, but it It was was one one of the the original first tracks of NASCAR. They started in 1949. Uh, NASCAR went into racing. But one of the things that I was reading about the track was that it's in the basically in the area of the popular moonshine uh, region, which is which is, yeah, how NASCAR began. Yeah. Though they actually did stop racing there around 1996. And the last winner there was Jeff Gordon, who is considering actually racing in this special. Another thing that is going to be a bit different is that this track has an uphill backstretch and a downhill front stretch. It's also a short track. It's considered a short track. How, what's the mileage on it? It's like, I think, 0.6 something. It's less than a mile. So it truly is a small track. So it's like Thomasville and Cars 3. It used to be like a popular track. And then it just got abandoned. Yeah. I mean, they showed some clips of it. And that, actually, it's funny you said that. That's kind of what I thought about was Cars 3 when they went to that track. Actually, yeah, it's similar like that. It's actually, yeah, it's, six, um, it's 0.625 miles. That's the distance. 0.625. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost so it's just it's a little, a little bit than over than. Yeah, a little bit bigger than Bristol, a little bit over um, half a mile. Wow. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Probably a lot of carnage. Um, I think Giovanni got it right the last couple of weeks. How many resets? Uh, probably, I would think that this is a good formula. He said one reset the last couple of weeks, and that's what it's been. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen again because it keeps you honest as a driver. They want to, you, you're, they're not going to just plow through and rate because you only got one reset. So I think it's been keeping the drivers uh, to focus a little bit more. Okay. So one of the things that I wanted to touch on was uh, some news, some breaking news that we heard early uh, last week. So as we all know, if you haven't already heard, um, the number 42 uh, car has um, the driver has been replaced because of an incident that uh, Kyle Larson um, got involved in. And so he lost his ride. So now the 42 car, um, the new driver that was selected was Matt Kenseth. I myself. There's some strong feelings about Matt Kenseth in this household. I myself am not a fan of Matt Kenseth. Now, I will say this. I did hear that Matt Kenseth Kenseth wasn't the first person that was approached. It was actually Carl Edwards. And he told them that he would think about it. So he actually took some time to think about it. Unfortunately, he came back and said that he was not interested. Yeah, so that would have been really cool. Uh, to see him back, but just I the fact that they that. brought up Carl Edwards was He's again still out there. Yeah, I was like, wow, Carl Edwards, there he is again. So, so let's get into Matt Kenseth here. We respect all the drivers, the top drivers, and and I believe in all of motorsports are the ones that drive in the Cup Series. So, no disrespecting their abilities and all of that. But at the end of the day, we're all fans of different drivers, and in this household, we probably have one of the biggest Joey Logano fans in the history of the world. And uh, obviously, there's some history between Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano, and it really fired up our, our our Joey Logano fan in the house. So what were your thoughts, Giovanni, when you found out that Matt Kenseth was going to be returning to racing? A little disappointed, and I was kind of like, of all the drivers and people who can drive in this world, you went with him. You know why they went with him, though? And, and and we can talk about this. He's a former champion. 
Like at the end of the day, if I'm Chip Ganassi and I had to let go of my driver unexpectedly and, and I rightfully so that he did the right thing to let Kyle Larson go. And I had to pick somebody. I would definitely look for a former champion. I honestly, until your mom just mentioned, I didn't know Carl Edwards was even in the conversation. That was, that's kind of interesting. But in all honesty, like Matt Kenseth would be a guy I would look at. I mean, he's experienced as a champion. He knows how to put the car up front. And he was a teammate of, of uh, Kurt Busch. So, and he, they kind of talked a little bit about that during the pre-race. So earlier in a previous podcast, we talked about potential people they could have replaced Kyle Larson with, like Daniel Suarez and Timmy Hill. And now that I think about it, the reason why they probably didn't go with them is because they have contracts with their teams. So they probably couldn't leave them to go be the new 42 car. The one younger driver that was rumored was actually Rob Chastain. Is that his name? Ross Chastain. Oh, Ross Chastain, excuse me. That's who was rumored to be in that car. So to be honest, for me, when I opened up Instagram early last week and saw the breaking news from NASCAR that Matt Kenseth was going to be replacing Kyle Larson, I honestly was a little disappointed. I think they should have gone with a younger driver. Um, I know that he's a champion, um, but I just think you need some younger talent behind that wheel. So, and we talked about this and I think this is one of the things that we use as a family. We're not always going to see eye to eye on this stuff. So I want to tell you my opinion. So what I think, honestly, I think they made the right decision. And I actually am encouraged with the fact that they went with, and I'm not saying, and uh, <laughs> for those of you that are listening, you're not seeing Giovanni giving me his disappointing look and shaking me off here. Cause obviously he's a big Joey Logano fan, but I think Matt Kenseth was the right decision for a couple of reasons. One, he was a former champion. I mentioned that already Two. He's an older driver and there has been such a, 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 a migration from our former champions, our very well-known drivers to a lot of young drivers, giving a lot of these young drivers an opportunity to, to try to make it and, and do well in NASCAR, which I think is great. And you always want to give younger folks the opportunity, but not to the point where some of the more talented, experienced drivers kind of maybe feel like they're getting pushed out. And they haven't really said it because I think NASCAR drivers really they're very professional and they're, you know, they're doing what they can to keep the sport moving forward. But at the end of the day, if you're a former champ or if you're just an experienced NASCAR driver and you've been at the at the track and racing for years with the movement to youth that has been so prominent over the last few years, you'd probably be a little nervous. And honestly, I think it's good that Matt Kenseth is driving again. Because NASCAR is one of the sports where I think that, you know, it, it's a it's a an equalizing sport. And this is why I think one day you are going to have a female champion personally. And we'll get into it in another episode. I think that's going to be right now. Haley Deegan is like leading the charge for that. I think you'll have a female champion. I think you'll have a champion that that is older, because if you look at regular other sports outside of NASCAR, professional basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever the case is, it's all about being, there's a, there's a prime that they're in their career. And it's usually really, really young. And being someone that just turned 40, I like to think that my life isn't over and that my career isn't over and that I'm now exiting my prime. Well, if you're in a sport, there's no sport that I could probably play in at 40. You know, it, you think about we're not, you know, we, well, like Tom Brady, for example, he's 42, 43. 
That is unheard of for a player of his experience to continue to play at the highest level. And baseball, same thing. When you get into your 40s, it just doesn't happen. The greatest basketball player of all time, arguably, I believe, was Michael Jordan. When he got into his late 30s and he was playing with the Wizards, he wasn't the same guy. Because that Michael Jordan that won championships with the Bulls, he would he would have continued to dominate. But there was such a drop-off with your skills and abilities sometimes when you get older in your mid to late 30s and start to get into your 40s. I don't think that that, can, can, does, that necessarily happens when you talk about motorsports. I think, honestly, a big part of it is the, the sport has a lot of demands on your time. And as you're a driver, you've been doing it for a while and you've been doing sponsor, you know, sponsorship uh, deals and you've had to represent sponsors at, at events for a very long time. You're away from your family. You're traveling. So I think as you get older, you naturally want to spend more time with your family. But I don't think your skill set necessarily drops off. At least I, I hope not. Um, I don't really believe it because if you look at, again, arguably the greatest NASCAR driver of all time, in my opinion, Dale Earnhardt Sr., he was 49, I believe he was 49 when he died, when, when, when he was taken from us in Daytona in 2001. The year before the 2000 season, he finished in second place in the championship running. He literally, up until the last few weeks of that season, could have won his eighth championship. And that's why I firmly believe had he not died in 2001, he would have gotten an eighth championship. And I'm sorry to say to the biggest Jimmy Johnson fan in the world right here, he would not, I don't think Jimmy Johnson would be tied right now with the top. I think he would be two or three championships away because I think senior would have won another, at least an eighth or maybe even a ninth championship. So, with that said, that's why I'm happy that Matt Kenseth is getting it. He's in our home. He's a little bit of a villain. And I actually think it's fun when you have someone like that. It makes it fun to watch. I think that that's not a bad thing. Some, you know, some, a lot of folks lo- love Matt Kenseth. We're not going to be the biggest fans of his. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that he's getting this chance to prove that you don't necessarily drop off on your skill set when you get older. And to me, that's another great thing about NASCAR. It's a great equalizing sport. And again, that's why I think you will one day have a female champion. This is why someone uh, that could be older could drive and do just as well as someone that's a lot younger. I think that's the beauty of NASCAR. And I think that's a super exciting thing. And I, I'd like to see him do well, not necessarily win, but do well. Well, I actually... Uh, disagree. I honestly think that Matt Kenseth is a bit overrated as a driver and making the comparison of uh, Dale Sr. to him, I think is whoa, like whoa, a whoa, completely... Whoa. If that's what... I did not mean it that well, way. I'm that's... talking about in the sense of age. We're talking about Sr. who was one yes. of the be- no. greatest, if Matt not Kenseth the greatest not NASCAR driver. Caliber, he, could, he could definitely have raced until very old age had he not passed away. But he was a different type of driver. He had different skill set. I mean, he is just he was a completely different driver than, you know, what the, these drivers are right now. And Matt Kenseth, even with his championship, he's nowhere near what Junior was. I mean, I'm sorry, not Junior. Um, what Dale Senior was no, it, at all. Don't, so even though he's up there in the same age, because Matt Kenseth is 48 years old, I, he is not at the same level, skill level of racing 
as Dale Sr. was. A hundred percent agree. I would never say that. I think Sr.'s the the greatest of all time. And I there's very few that could say that they're in that category. Hundred percent agree. Now I do agree that just because he's older, that he shouldn't be uh given the opportunity to to do his job. However, I just still feel that they should have put somebody else in that car. I honestly think that just what based on watching him the last few years that he raced, I think his um, talent started dwindling down a bit. He wasn't running up there all the time. His yeah, last you, win was in 2017. And you know very well, though, in NASCAR, it's not just about your skill. It's about the team you have around. And, and there are a lot of circumstances. Again, I'm not the one to defend Matt Kenseth here. I'm not a Matt Kenseth, Kenseth was fan. part of one of the best teams in NASCAR. He's Joe Gibbs racing. All so he had good equipment. All I'm saying is I'm glad he's getting a second chance. And if I made it sound like I'm comparing him to Dale Earnhardt Sr., I would be the last person to do that because you guys know how much of a fan I am and how much I respected Sr. And, and even Junior. I just, I'm not a Kenseth fan in that way. I just think that he he won a championship. You cannot deny that. He's won races. He knows how to run up in the top five and and, and, you know, that was maybe his fault. Like the year he won his championship, he didn't win races. It was he just made sure he kept his car up in the top five. And we've talked about this before. And we can talk about it again later. He's, I think, arguably one of the reasons why we have the chase for the cup and the way that they do the playoffs now, because they wanted to inject excitement into the last part of the season. Whereas when he won his championship, because he was so consistent top five, it was a foregone conclusion weeks before the end of the season. He was going to win the championship. Didn't matter. He could have the other people could have started winning races left and right and he was still going to win. So I get that part of it. I just think it's good that, you know, an older driver is getting a chance. And honestly, maybe hopefully he has enough fun that this is something that, you know, Carl Edwards, I would love. And I said this before. I would love to see Carl Edwards drive again. Maybe it's not a full season. Maybe it's a limited schedule. I would love to see him drive. I'd love to see Tony Stewart back behind the wheel. Maybe at certain races, you know, and, and junior and, but you know, there may be medical reasons why some of these drivers aren't going to ever step back in the race. Obviously other commitments. I'm a big fan of the history of the sport and this sport does best and does well when there are drivers that are, are driving the narrative and Matt Kenseth say what you want. But because he played in our household, at least that villain role, and there was a lot of animosity between him and Joey Logano. Guess what? We made sure we tuned in. We wanted to see what was going to happen when those guys were driving up. Okay, but let me just say, it's not just Joey Logano. Okay, Matt Kenseth is not as nice of a guy as everybody makes him out to be. Okay, because he's had beef with other drivers. And we can sit here all afternoon discussing the drivers, but it's true. I mean, go look it up on uh, YouTube. You can find the scuffles that he got into with other drivers. Was he the one like, that got into like what, Jeff Gordon? And we all know Jeff Gordon is a nice guy. Jeff Gordon. And I saw even that and live, even his actually. teammate, Carl Edwards, back when they used to drive for Roush Fenway. Well, was it was it Kenseth and Keselowski? Yeah. They got into it at the end in the Keselowski, between the trucks. Okay, I'm sorry. That was not getting into it. When Keselowski's minding his own business, going back to his trailer, and Matt Kenseth jumps him from the back, that is not a fair fight. Okay? That is not a fair fight. Again, I don't think he's as nice of a guy All right, well, on, on the track as everybody makes him. Maybe he's a wonderful human being in, in, in his own personal life and everything. But as far as it goes on the track, I am not a fan, and I've seen him 
uh, just from what I've seen him do. Preach it. Warning, drivers, do not accidentally hit Matt Kenseth or you will pay you back. Do not anger the beast. So, all right. So let's talk about the other piece of the news. Okay, so that the other I think piece of was... the news that I was just a little bit like confused and rattled about. Not not for, after finding out that he was replacing, um, he was the new driver for the forty two car. We get another breaking news a day or two later, saying that both he and Ryan Newman were getting waivers to go into the playoffs this year. What exactly does that mean? And from what I gathered. It meant that they are going to automatically be in the playoffs. What is it? So I did some research and it the waiver is for them to have eligibility to get into the playoffs. Because usually you have to race all 36 Cup Series races to get in. So they're not automatically in the playoffs. But if they do well over the last or remaining races until the playoffs, they could get in. Yeah. Ryan Newman... Re- and got injured during the yep. Daytona okay, 500. Okay, I get Ryan Newman then, because he he missed races due to his injury. And there was a precedent. But Matt Kenseth Kyle is, Bush. But Matt Kenseth is is a is, precedent. But Matt Kenseth is replacing uh, Kyle Larson, so his points should transfer over as a driver and as a vehicle. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that because if Kyle Larson had never gone into this mess, he would have continued on and maybe make it into the playoffs. Well, yeah, because so from what I heard, from Matt what I heard, he's only that. ninety points off. He would be 90 points off. But he's not, 30th. he's not getting his points. He's just getting the eligibility. I think the deal is if let's say we found, you know, we were digging in our driveway and we found $10 million and decided we were going to start our own NASCAR team and we rolled out to the next race and tried to qualify and I got in and I finished in the top five and I ended up doing well, I still missed the first three or four races of the year under the current rules, I wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs because I didn't race all the races. That's what you're saying, Sebastian. Yeah. So I think that was it. And honestly, now that's it. I appreciate you clarifying that because when mom was telling me about it too, I was, I get the Ryan Newman because there was a precedent with Kyle Bush. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Kyle Bush got injured and I actually think that was the right thing to do. And he still, because he did so well, he was so dominant. It wasn't like they gave him a championship. They said, you have an opportunity to win it. You still need to go out and win it. And he did. And he, and he won. I think Ryan Newman, you know, I totally get that. And it, you miss the race because of injury, give him that chance. Matt Kenseth, a little interesting. I thought honestly, when they said it, it was like, Oh, they already advanced them. They're one of the 16 that's going to start the playoffs, but it, it sounds like they just have the opportunity to. I think they should, um, let Matt Kenseth keep the points that Larson had when they went into this COVID um mess. It'd be interesting. I think the owner will keep it for the owner championship, but I do think the driver has to earn his own points. So we'll see what happens. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Last week, it was... Who was it last week, actually? It was Johan. I keep thinking it was Johan this week. But this week, it's going to be Giovanni. Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? Well, I actually had his haircut from Avengers uh, Endgame. Uh, Jeremy Renner, 
the person who plays Hawkeye. Hawkeye from the Avengers. Yes. And we'll probably post a picture of that cool haircut. I'm very envious of it. I don't think I could ever pull it off. It was called the Mohawk Eye. The Mohawk Eye. So, all right. Jeremy Renner, the actor who plays Hawkeye. So let me ask this question. Because I could do it through Avengers, but we've already connected other Avengers. So I'm going to try and go a different route this week. I'm going to ask this question, and I know who has the answer. What other major movie franchise does Jeremy Renner play a significant character in? Sebastian, our resident movie expert. Mission Impossible. Yes. He is an IMF, or Impossible Mission Force, field operative. The character he plays is William Brandt. Who else is a prominent actor in that movie franchise? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise was in the 1990 hit Days of Thunder. Thunder. Days of Thunder. Which, of course, is the story about the NASCAR driver, Cole Trickle. Cole Trickle. And I've always thought about Cole Trickle as being Jeff Gordon. And many people in movie history will say that that character was somewhat based on Jeff Gordon. Well, oddly enough, Jeff Gordon and Tom Cruise are friends in real life. And Tom Cruise would call himself a NASCAR fan. So that is how you connect Jeremy Renner to NASCAR. Also, just to make this legit, just to make this legit, in the Days of Thunder movie, you had Rusty Wallace, Richard Petty, and Neil Bonnet all making appearances as themselves in the movie. So it it made it a real NASCAR connection. Very good. And that's how you connect pop culture to NASCAR. All right. Well, to wrap up our show, I think this was actually a really interesting topic today or several topics that we got to cover off. Um, but we got one more and we wanted to talk about as we kind of wrap up, which is has to do with the new NASCAR schedule. So we kind of alluded to it a lot before that NASCAR announced that they're coming back and we're actually going to see the cars on the real tracks. No more racing, or at least broadcast on, on TV anymore. It'll all be about. Uh, the 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 real racing and the real tracks starting out where where are we going and what's the deal? NASCAR is going live in Darlington on May Sunday May seventeenth, and then they will do another Darlington race on Wednesday. So I think it's actually kind of cool that NASCAR has been away and a lot of major sports has been off the air for obviously several months. And we're going to finally get a taste of it. And it's going to be a lot in a very short period of time. I think I counted four cup races in less than two weeks. They're going to have two races in Darlington. And then they're going to go and hit two races in Charlotte. All right, Gio. Take us out. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. I forgot the music. Man, we're not professionals here. Okay, hold on. And we look forward to next week's special race. And to all the mamas out there listening, we hope you have a fabulous Mother's Day. Gio, take us out. And we guys, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. We want to thank you for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there. That way you get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's go, racing family. Out. <laughs>